Hello there. Hello there. Welcome back to the Sky Guys podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Mike Phillips. Video Game Month continues here. A slight detour into the movie realm where we're going to talk about what we can look forward to with Star Wars movies and lessons we can take from the ones they have made so far. I'm one of your hosts, Mike Phillips. With me here today, well, the man's voice, you hear the narration every single week. Although this week we took a week off narration because uh, inside baseball here, I could not come up with a good narration for this episode. Pete Constantori is here. Pete, how are you? Doing well. Uh, I think we workshopped me just saying movies over and over and over again, but it felt like it would be a little annoying yeah. for you guys listening in. So we're not going to subject you to that. We're just probably going to curse a lot about these Disney movies that we're going to discuss. However, uh, glad to be here. Uh, very excited to see what you guys think about these movies, where they maybe rank in potential uh, Disney era films and what worked, what didn't work and all that. Um, so very, very excited to talk to you guys. Also with us today here, uh, the leader of the resistance, Nick Fred is here. Nick, how are you? I'm doing fine. I just want to get into it. I got nothing to say except let's do it. Let's do it here. Pete, people want to subscribe us here on the podcast. They can do so. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon, all usual suspect. Simply search for the Sky Guys here podcast platforms. My episodes there. And Video Game Month is slowly winding down, so you want to stick with us. You're going to have some fun stuff getting you ready for Ahsoka after Video Game Month is over. A lot of really cool content here in the pipeline. A lot of cool content that's going to be coming out. Um, stuff that's been recorded that you haven't heard yet. So definitely you want to make sure you're subscribed so you get all of that awesome content for sure. Absolutely here. And Nick, if you want to follow us on uh, social media, how can I do that? At Sky Guys Podcast on Instagram and on Twitter. Absolutely. You can also follow me on YouTube. Mike Phillips on YouTube is the, is the channel here for the podcast. You get all the fun uh, visual aids here and I'll get a character. I mean, we did get his helmet in the uh, movies here. So Darth is back again after his appearance last week. Oh, Darth. Yep. Darth is here. And Nick, I believe there's one piece of news you can talk about here that was sort of left over from last week. Yeah. Um, Freddie Prince Jr. has said that he is not returning as Kanan anymore, which tells me we will definitely see Kanan in Ahsoka. Uh, Pete, did you actually see the audio of this conversation he had on a podcast? I, I did not listen to it, um, but I feel like every time someone says they're not coming back to Star Wars, like Nick said, that means they're definitely coming back to Star Wars. So, um, I again, I'll believe it when I see it versus, you know, I'll believe it when I see a meeting when he's not in it. That's not I'll believe. Oh, he was, he was telling the truth. I, I will say I did listen to the audio. There was a, cup, a clip going around social media talking about this. It was funny where he was talking about like, they, they called in all my favors. Like, they called me in for Rise of Skywalker. They called me in for Bad Batch. I'm done with favors. They went on a bizarre rant, Nick, about how, like, characters don't have sex in Star Wars, and they do in Star Trek. And he likes Star Trek better. And maybe I believe this one. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I don't know. Yeah, so we may not be seeing Freddie Prince Jr. here. That's, po that's possible. Maybe not. All right. That was the one piece of news we missed here, but... We're going to sort of go ahead here. The exercise today is we have a couple of new movies coming out for Star Wars. We have the Ray Jedi Academy movie coming in 2025. Uh, the Dave Filoni movie that may or may not be Heir of the Empire in 2026. And uh, this Dawn of the Jedi movie by James Mangold in 2028-29. We don't know. This dates obviously could be fluid due to the writer's strike, but... I think what we're going to do today, Pete, is we're going to sort of go back, look at the five Disney-era movies that have been released, and talk about what we liked, what we didn't, and sort of what we can take away here is what we can try and do to make these movies as great as they can be going forward. 
Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, which one are we starting with here? Uh, Nick, I think we should go chronologically. You got makes the most sense. Yeah. All right. So we'll start with the Force Awakens here. Obviously, it comes out in 2015. I remember seeing in the movie theater, people were going nuts at everything. The Millennium Falcon shows up. People were screaming. Then Han and Chewie, Leia shows up. The great ending with Luke, with Ray finding Luke here. So Nick, start us out here. What did you like about uh, the Force Awakens? I liked the atmosphere of the theater and the mystery of where are we going next? When I was a little kid and I heard they were making Star Wars movies, first thing I thought was, oh my God, we're going to see what happens after Return of the Jedi. But then I found out they were prequels. <laughs> and I went to go see them. And um, I was always excited to see what happened next. I always had my little my little headcanon on what happened and very different, obviously. My mind was also more immediate, not 30 years later. But, um, and yeah, there's a mystery behind everything. Where is everyone now? Kind of thing. You know, like it's almost like watching a, a new season of a show and you haven't seen anyone since the last season. It's like, well, what's this character up to? Where's this character been? And stuff like that was cool. And I think the highlight of that movie by far to me was the opening scene. I thought the opening scene was absolutely spectacular. That was great for sure. Here, Pete, what were your big positives in The Force Awakens? Uh, I liked the whole movie. I I think there was some cheesiness to it. Don't get me wrong. It had that kind of Disney cheesy feel. But I I thought it was a reskin of Episode 4. I mean, we said this in my in our movie rankings, and I had Force Awakens pretty high. I agree with Nick. I think the, the opening scene is fantastic. I think the premise of the movie was fantastic. I think the movies that came after it may have cheapened The Force Awakens a little bit and kind of made it not as good because it's associated with the others. But I thought it was I thought it was a great Star Wars film, best one yet. No, but I thought I thought it was a very good movie. Yeah, I think of the sequel trilogy. I think The Force Awakens is the one I will go back to and watch over and over again. I have the choice here. I think the things I loved here is obviously. Han Solo's character arc is great because they finally let Harrison Ford die in the movie. He's giving the time of his life. And Nick, they do a good job introducing these three new characters we're going to follow in, in uh, Poe Dameron and Finn and Rey. That's not easy when you have a movie with people going in here, oh, I want to see what happens with uh, Luke Skywalker. I want to see where Han Solo is. They did a good job getting you these three new characters you care about them. Yeah, I'm with you there. I think even Kylo, I think they did a good job at introducing the new characters. I My opinion's very much differ on some of the other things you said, but I definitely agree with that, that they introduce these new characters very well in the point where you're definitely rooting for them at the end of the movie, which is kind of tough to to sell considering you're coming from, you know, Harrison Ford and Carrie Fisher and Mark Hamill, who's in, well, he's in like, he's got 12 seconds of screen time, maybe, but those are the characters you're expecting to care about. Chewie, 3PO, or two, and then you end up caring about these characters by the end, and that's not easy to do. Uh, Pete, two other things I liked you up when I, I think some of the humor that John Boyega had was great. Like his banter with Han Solo about like, oh, like we're gonna use the Force, and and he's like, Han's like, that's not how the Force works. And the entire theater was dying when that line comes out. Plus, I did also like the misdirection on a couple of things here. Typically, how Han dies when they make you think he's gonna turn Kylo back and he ends up getting killed, and the whole thing where Finn is fighting Kylo Ren. Kylo Ren goes to the lightsaber, and we see, oh no, Ray got in, Ray's the Jedi. Yeah, I mean, there's a like, there's a lot of good parts. I think, I think, um, 
I think the not the forced funniness, but I think the forced humor is what makes it to me the Disney side of Star Wars. There was humor in other Star Wars movies. I feel like they try to do it more in the Disney Star Wars, um, at least with the the episodes that they came out with. Maybe not Rogue One or Solo, but um, I don't know. I like the film. I, I don't I don't think there was anything wrong with it. I think, you know, we take it for at face value and you and it, it's the star of the series. I think it's good. I also think I know exactly what you're referring to here with that but the, the BBA thumbs up fits in that category. Yeah, hundred percent. Although Nick, we should also mention uh BB eight was Grogu for Grogu. Everybody loved BB eight after that movie. That's true. Yeah, I, I listen, I think the movie did a fantastic job at what it needed to do, and that's get people back on star on track with Star Wars. A lot of people who I think are completely insane left after episode three, which to me, honestly, we've done our movie rankings before, but going back, I think three might be the best Star Wars movie. And people were so appalled by the entire prequel trilogy and three was the icing on the cake and they were out and this brought them back in. I think that's completely idiotic, but it happened and people were completely against it, those movies, and this brought them back together. All right, so in terms of the negatives here, what did not work from The Force Awakens with you guys? So, uh, Pete, what do you think? The only thing I think that didn't work for The Force Awakens were the two movies that came after it, honestly. I think if this was a starting movie and uh, to a trilogy and the trilogy was a stronger trilogy, I don't think people would be saying anything was wrong with this one. I think it's a good starter. Maybe its weakness is its originality because I mentioned it time and time again. It's a reskin of episode four, pretty much. So I would say maybe that's the weakness. It's not really that original, except for maybe the characters and then where the story was going. Um, but overall, uh, I think I think the trilogy itself brings this movie down a little bit. Yeah, I agree with uh, Pete there, Nick. I feel like there's a lot of revisionist history from people who went to that movie, loved it, and the two afterwards they didn't like and said, oh, the whole trilogy was bad. I do feel like that, you know, people like Seven are now in denial because they don't want to acknowledge that one of the movies is actually pretty good. So I'm in disagreement with you. I think this movie is bad. I think it's a good movie. It's well made. It's well acted. It's well casted. All of that. Absolutely. It's it's executed well. I think the story sucks. I think it's a really bad story. You've taken your three characters, your legacy characters, and have said all of them are failures. Han, who gave up all his smuggling days to be a family man and finally settle down, Nope, they're divorced. He's a smuggler again. Leia, who was a failed politician throughout the movie. Luke was a failed Jedi in the movie. Like, you've taken all these characters and just said, no, they actually all sucked. This is who really matters. Here she is. Here she is. I hated that. I hated the fact that this movie... Obviously, the episode four stuff, I think everyone can say that, though, that it's very similar to four. But I hated that this movie is... It just defaults us back to where we were. So a big thing that I wanted to see when I saw the sequel trilogy was, oh, okay, now what happens after the Empire is gone? The Empire is gone, so now it's the good guys are in charge, right? We're, we're the Republic again, the New Republic. 45 minutes into the movie. Nope, not anymore. They're gone. It's Empire versus Rebellion again. We just finished that storyline. We're doing it again. And I, and that's and I think that a lot of the things that happened in this movie made it so there wasn't anything else that could have happened in eight and nine. Prime example, I can't prove this at all, but about a month before eight came out, 
a good friend of the podcast, Joe Simone, was over at my house at the time, my apartment at the time, and he asked me what I thought was going to happen in the movie, and he recorded it. I wonder if he still has the recording. I Probably not, but I was spot on on what was going to happen because I said to him, nothing else can happen. They set it up that this is what has to happen. The only thing I did not get right, I did not know Snoke was going to die. That came out of left field completely. But you know, Luke refusing to train Ray, Finn getting thrown to the side in the movie, Poe getting created his own. We'll talk about eight when we get there. But everything that happened in the movie I saw was going to happen because of the way seven went. And I think it made the entire franchise crippled or nowhere else to go. Just at the, for the cheap way to bring back the people who said I didn't like episode three. All right, so we'll put a we'll put a coda on seven here. We'll go forward to Rogue One here, which I think the most popular of the Disney movies by far in terms of audience reception, in terms of what people thought of this year. So positives from Rogue One, Nick. So what do you think was the best stuff from Rogue One? So I have to answer this in a weird way. What I think was the best about Rogue One was the 134 minutes of the movie. Yeah. I thought it was absolutely perfect. Yeah. I have zero complaints on the movie at all. I think it was literally perfect. All right, so literally perfect from Nick. Uh, Pete, any specific you liked from the movie you want to talk about? I mean, I like Nick, I think it was perfect. I don't... I'm not going to have anything to do with weakness. Like I just, it's just the perfect star Wars movie and I'm upset. It's not considered an episode. It's a story, a story based upon star Wars. Yeah. I will point, I'll throw this uh, plot out there in terms of something. I think that really makes this work. There are actual stakes in this movie guys, because like we have talked about this many times, how nobody dies on star Wars. Everybody can come back to life in this movie everybody dies. We have no sequel coming. It's actually, I mean, technically a new hope is the sequel, but it's not with any of these characters in it. But I think the fact that they had the stones to introduce this main cast, make us love them all and then kill everyone in the span of like 35 minutes. I think is spectacular. If I can jump in the one thing that I had, if I can pick above all that I think was so impressive about this movie. Again, I love every single thing about the movie, but the fact that we have, is it one, two, three, four, five, about eight characters, seven characters who we get introduced to in this movie that we are positive when we're in that theater, they are all going to die or at least not be in anything else forward. You know what I mean? And we cared about them by the end and we're actually somewhat emotional, invested when they were gone, when they died is unbelievable. Yeah, P, I think big credit to uh, Tony Gilroy who also... It took the character Cassie Andor into the show Andor, which is probably he got the highest Q rating in Disney, in Disney Plus Star Wars right now in terms of content. But I think just overall, like I don't think there's any, we have anything negative to say about this. Movie. I think we're all on board with like this is like the best thing that's come out of Disney era. The 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 only negative I have, like I said, is that it wasn't an episode. That this was not considered like episode three and a half or something. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's a spinoff quote-unquote, but it's it's phenomenal. Let's see. If you have to think of a negative in, this, in, in, in Rogue One, what would you say? I would say I don't really like Forrest Whitaker's Saw. You think that he does not fit the character? I think he's, like, I think he's weird. Yeah. 
I think he's weird. I don't know, but I I don't I don't hate him as Saw. I think I think what he's doing there in terms of the Saw portrayal, P, I think it's like he's playing him as a guy who has been driven completely insane by trying to fight the Empire for almost twenty years. He's basically at the end of his rope at that point. Yeah, I um, when I first saw the movie, I hadn't watched Clone Wars yet, so I didn't know his backstory. I was like, "Who is this guy?" So everyone was brand new to me. Like everyone in that movie was brand new. Um, so Even Darth I, Vader. Darth Vader was brand new to me. Never saw him. Don't know who he is. I don't know who R2 is or Leia. But anyway, um, I uh, so when I saw him, I thought he was just playing, a, like you said, like a role of a guy who's just like pretty much on his deathbed, who's being kept alive by some sort of machine breathing apparatus that he carries around with him, you know, just pretty much just oxygen. But yeah, I, I, uh, I, I agree with Mike. I don't know who else would play. Uh, saw Guerrera, but it uh, to me it's like that was the first introduction to Saw. So then when I saw Clone Wars, I was like, oh, that's Forrest Whitaker's character. Like I, I feel like I can't picture him as anyone else. That that's where I'm trying to get at. Like I feel yeah. like because that was my first impression. It's like, well, that's Saw Guerrera. Okay, I think I have another positive that I have before you get to your negative, Mike. Real quick, this is the first movie that I ever saw. Maybe there were some before this. This is the first movie I ever saw to introduce that CGI technology that makes an, uh, an older actor or an actor who's no longer with us really feel like they're there. And I think with Peter Cushing, it was fantastic. With Curry Fisher, it was a little meh, but it was still good enough. But I think it was like, it really made me feel like Tarkin was in that room. That was actually my negative, was the, deep, was the use of the deep phase. Because to me, like this is a long-standing problem I have. It's something I'm definitely we can discuss is potential uh, hazard with future movies here is like, I think the reluctance they have to recast characters in, in this franchise, I think it gets exacerbated after solo, but I do think I do not like the fact that we, especially this came out, I think right after Carrie Fisher passed away. I did not like that. We had the deep fake in there. Or Carrie Fisher. I like, I feel like we should not be afraid to recast characters like these, like we have actors do portrayals of the character and not have it be like, Everybody's a meltdown. Is not Carrie Fisher playing Leia or Peter Cushing playing Tarkin. That's my take on it. I think it just adds to the continuity and makes it look like it's that much more connected. I don't have an issue with it. I think it looked really. I especially think Tarkin looked really good. Like, does it bother? You, like, for me, would it bother you then if we CGI'd uh, Terrence Howard every Iron Man movie after he left? I think it's very different. Like Peter Cushing didn't choose to be out of Star Wars. He passed away. His character was like, and even if he was alive, he'd be, you know, well over the age to be playing the character when Terrence Howard just walked away. Okay, better example then, uh, Nick. Would you have had a problem if Marvel decided to just deep fake Chavik Bozen after into in Black Panther after he passed away? Not really. Well, that's my that's my argument. I just feel like that's the only negative I have with the movie. I do not. Love the deep fave usage. That's my. But I really, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be angry if they did that. I think it'd be, I think it's a little soon. Yeah. You know, like Peter Cushing died in the nineties. It's a little different, but like they did with Carrie Fisher though, who died literally like the year before. Oh, Carrie, no, Carrie Fisher died like the day before it came yeah. out. Yeah. Carrie Fisher died when that movie was in theaters. Yeah. You, you guys are not talking about Rogue One still, are you? Yeah, we're still on Rogue One. Yeah. Well, well, didn't. Wait a minute. Iron Fisher died after the movie came out. 
Yeah, she she like like ten days. Okay, the movie came. She died around New Year's in 2016. That movie came out mid December in 2016. Yeah, but wasn't she around for the last Je- Jedi? And she oh yeah she no. was they did, she did well I mean I mean they 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 have archive footage mixed with some deep fake in there oh. to get her to get her in those movies. But she okay. passed away right after Rogue One came out. Like Rogue One was still the hot movie on on Hollywood when she uh-huh. passed away. All right, I still don't. I still didn't like it either way, but we'll go forward here to the Last Jedi, which is obviously the turning point in Star Wars cinema. Here, where we have the success of Episode Seven, as it makes a billion dollars in the box office. Ryan Johnson makes Episode Eight. He makes a bunch of choices here, where the critics love the movie. Everybody, workers saying this is the best movie we've seen in a long time in Star Wars. You got to see this. Fans absolutely hate it. They cannot stand this movie. They cannot stand Ryan Johnson. They cannot stand the choices made. So I think we should be contrarian here and start out with our positives here. So, uh, Pete, what did you like about The Last Jedi? Um, I liked Kylo Ren's character in The Last Jedi. I think throughout the whole trilogy, I think Kylo Ren's character was was beautifully played and I think I understood where they were trying to do with that character. Um and I also think seeing Star Wars in general with the technology of the present day was also very cool. Um this might be a negative to people as well, but the last fight between or the the whole sequence between Luke um and uh, Kylo Ren was, I thought, really, really cool. I just wish they flushed that out more, and there was more to it, and he was actually there. Like, I, I there was choices that were made that make it a weak part of the movie, but I also think that it was a cool part of the movie that they could have done more with. Um, all in all, Kylo Ren for me is the positive of that movie. Uh, Nick, what's your positive? I like Kylo as well. Love, I like the Luke thing as well. Um, a positive for me is that we, it feels like Star Wars again in that there are some areas where it's like, oh, we didn't get to see that in The Force Awakens. And that reminds me of Star Wars. Like, for example, the casino, Canto Bite, really makes me feel like that's a Star Wars planet that belongs in Star Wars. And also the fact that a little bit in Episode 7, we were in space, but not that much. I feel like we were in space a little bit in Episode 8. It is Star Wars, you know? I agree with that. So I'll 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 give I'll give the movie that. I agree. I think the visuals of this movie are probably the best of the sequel trilogy in terms of like some of the shots they make, like the shot of the holdover maneuver when we got, have the the flash of the ship going across it in light speed. That's like a, one of the most beautiful shots I've seen in a Star Wars movie. I also feel like obviously Kylo Ren. I agree with you guys, and I do think I like the fact that Ryan Johnson tried to do something different. That I do feel like is a positive. I feel like. We were ripping the Force Awakens saying, it's a copy of the of A New Hope. He tried to subvert things. Like when Kylo and Rey had to fight, you immediately had, and they kill Snoke, you had the immediate thought here, oh, Kylo's going to turn back to the dark, to the light side now. And that's going to, you know, sort of set things forward here. And he said, and he goes, nope, Kylo's going to try and recruit Rey to his side instead. I also like the fact that, you know, we had this whole angle here of, just, you know, exploring different things in terms of, you know, these characters and, like, getting deeper into, you know, the psyche of Luke Skywalker, which, you know, like, after he failed with Ben Solo, like, seeing, like, how that jaded him and stuff like that. I did like the choices to do those things. I do understand the, the gripes of the movie sort of defeats the purpose of it, but 
I think the fact that Ryan Johnson was brave enough to do his own take, I think I have to give him credit for. Yeah, that's fair. All right, so I think we should also go to the negative section here. So uh, Nick is the most, uh, I'd say, anti-Last Jedi person here. Where would you like to start? Well, I will start. I think Pete's more anti-Last Jedi than I am, but I will start. So there's a few things I hate about the movie, and I'll split them into three sections. The first section being the one that everyone talks about is the Ray, excuse me, not the Ray, the Finn and Rose storyline. It made no sense from the get-go because I never see this talked about online and it blows my mind. This whole thing started because they parked closer than they should have. <laughs> if they just parked in the parking lot, nothing would have went wrong. Instead, they parked in front of the casino instead of just parking in the park. Like, does that not blow people's minds that they were getting chased around the planet for a parking ticket? That blew my mind, and the whole storyline was just, how do we get Finn out of the way because he's not involved in this story at this moment? What do we do with him? And the whole, like, code breaker and DJ, just awful. Awful storytelling. The next is, when the movie came out, my and, and even at the times I've watched it again since, my favorite parts have been the 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 Ray and Luke scenes. I think they're the, the poor guys are pretty funny. The little, what are they called? Like the nuns on the planet. They're pretty funny, you know? Yeah. But with the Ray and Luke thing, it just like, it goes back to what I said about the force awakens. It just turned him into a failure and a hermit. And like, it doesn't make sense. He was so into this, I'll never turn to the dark side. I'm not saying he turned to the dark side. Of course he didn't. But he was such a against the rules kind of guy. I'm not sure how I want how I'm trying to explain this. But his father committed genocide, and he was willing to forgive him. And he had a moment of weakness over a bad dream. It just like it just doesn't really fit the character. And the last thing is what I hate above all in this movie by far. I think this is like the worst thing is the Poe storyline. So to me, you have Ray, you have Poe, and you have Finn. Those are your three main characters in this movie, right? Ray's storyline, it's okay. I don't love it. It's all right, though. I think it, it really, like I said, has a problem with Luke. But the Poe and the Finn storylines are dreadful. So Poe, they needed something for him to do. So what do they do? They introduced this new character, played by uh, Lord Dern, Admiral Holdo. Ad Admiral Holdo. And her whole point is, I'm going to get this uh, Poe guy to not be so trigger happy and that, you know, he's a cocky pilot and this and that you're just, they created a problem just to solve it in the movie. If you watch the force awakens, Poe is not like that. He is a fantastic pilot, a fantastic leader. Everyone wants to be by his side and he's not reckless whatsoever. They created this character and this whole arc to create a problem so they can then solve it. That didn't exist. And that's not good sequel storytelling. You don't just create a problem with a character that didn't exist prior just so you can solve it. But those are my main gripes with the movie. Uh, Pete, do you want to add anything uh, concerning about the movie? I think it was a big mistake to have different directors. Um, I think having the different directors caused 
issues like Nick was saying where a character they create a problem for a character when it really shouldn't have been there um not that this is confirmed this is all speculation but my opinion is that the director had a idea of how the character should be and they said well we need to portray the character in this way um so i think the different directors for each movie messed a lot of things up i think there was no continuity um between the three and i think to me nothing really happens in the movie I know what they were trying to accomplish, but I don't know if they actually accomplish it meaningfully, right? Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but Last Jedi, you have the Kylo Ren and Rey start to communicate with each other, even though they're not in the same room kind of thing. That yep. starts in Last Jedi, correct? Am yes. I wrong about that? Yeah, that's right. Um, we have a good idea. That was a good idea, in my opinion. It was a good idea to have Luke, whatever the case may be, may not want to train Rey, but then learns to do it and then stand up for her at the end. Like, I think that's a fine idea. Um, the, the, um, the Poe idea I think was forced. Um, I think Finn, I think that was a whole, you can argue if you love or hate it. I think no one was like, Oh my God, what happened with, you know, Finn and Rose. But I think it was just, they had great ideas. I think the director went in there and said, yeah, those are good ideas, but I want it done my way. They did it his way. There was no continuity from what J.J. Abrams did in Force Awakens. And I think it made a very staggering next movie. I think the ideas were fine. I think the ideas were solid and I would have been okay with it. But the choices that were made about how it should be uh, portrayed and also how they should go about it were terrible. Were absolutely terrible to me because you walk out of that movie. What was accomplished that movie? Nothing. Nothing was accomplished other than confusion, solving problems you caused in the movie, and then having a main character like Luke Skywalker's legacy be totally tarnished and then dies at the end. To me, that's why the film is such a big flop. I think the ideas were great. I think if J.J. Abrams went with those ideas and had some continuity and understood the legacy of Luke and everything like that, it may have been better. Um, I think it's just poorly executed, and I think at the end of that movie, we have zero coming out of there going, okay, well, what's going to happen next? What did we move forward with? Nothing. Okay, I'll throw a couple of other issues I had with it in there. I'll also mention two positives I forgot earlier. But my big issues, I think, is number one, we haven't brought this up yet, Nick. I think there was not enough separation between this movie and the previous one because, Nick, correct me if I'm wrong, this movie starts like mere minutes after the end of The Force Awakens. Yeah, it has. It starts right then because it has to yeah. because – it ends on the cliffhanger, her hand in the lightsaber. What are you going to say? Ten years later. Hey, remember when you handed me that lightsaber and they're laughing about it? You have to show what happened. Yeah, I mean, like, you could do that, but you could, like, sort of progress the story further than that. Because it's still like the whole movie takes place over about a day and a half. It does. And so does episode seven. So, but, and then Rise of Skywalker is only one year later. So the entire sequel trilogy takes place over about 367 days. Yeah, that that's one problem I have. I think, obviously... Carrie Poppins, I think we have to talk about that one. I think that just looks so ridiculous that, like, I get that she's just channeling the force, but the way it was shot, like, looked very stupid. And I don't think that's a good way, especially, like, when the movie was the first one to feature her after she died. I don't think it was a good look to have Carrie Fisher do that in that movie. Yeah, I'm with you. I agree. I think that's one, one problem I have. And another problem I have, I think, is, like, I felt like the choice to be, would have been bold when at in the final confrontation between the uh, the the Imperial Walkers and those little speed like uh, speeders they find on the salt planet, 
when Finn chooses to try and sacrifice himself to save everyone, and then he, his moment of heroism gets taken away by Rose intercepting him because love saves the day. Like, I thought that was a very... I, I, I respect the choice, but I did not agree with the choice. I'm with you. I'm with you. I, I mean, all of my issues with all of these movies do not come from acting, even directing. They come from storyline choices. All of them. Yeah. I will also couch my two pods I forgot earlier, Pete. I did think that one thing I liked in general was this idea that Ryan Johnson put in the script, which I liked, was this idea that, like, we can get away from, like, you know, you have to be at the magical bloodline to be a Jedi. Like, we had this whole idea where Kylo tells Rey, oh, your parents were nobodies. They were filthy junk traders who traded you away for drinking money. And then we had the random kid at the end who picks up the broom with the Force, like, showing that you don't need to be a Skywalker or a Palpatine to control the Force or access the Force. I think I like that idea, and that's something they abandoned in the next movie. But actually, that's actually one of the things I hate about the movie more than anything, because they're saying you don't need to be someone to be a Jedi. And that's exactly what we learn from every Jedi ever. Who's Mace Windu related to? I don't know. Who's Obi-Wan Kenobi related to? I don't know. Who's Anakin related to? We never find out. That's not news. No one ever was. Luke and, and Anakin were the only Jedi ever who were related. Yeah. Of all of them. They weren't even allowed to have kids, obviously. <laughs> I think they're allowed to have kids. It's going to have a relationship with their kids. I don't know if that's true. Maybe you're right. I don't know. I thought they weren't, but I, maybe you're right. I believe that they are not allowed to form attachment. They're allowed. I believe they're allowed. You know, like I have like relation, like have like physical relationships that they want. I just don't think they're allowed to. You know, like settle down, and have a family. So apparently, in 2002, Attack of the Clones said they cannot. However. George Lucas explains Jedi were permitted to have sexual intercourse as long as they did not form attachment. That doesn't mention anything about having kids, just mentions having intercourse. Well, you know, one leads to the other. Which one leads to which? Well, one leads to having children. Oh. It doesn't really say if they're allowed or not. It just says, like, to have kids. It says they're allowed to have intercourse. But we don't know. But... But, My know, point remains is that none of these Jedi had like a relation to like it's they make it seem like every Jedi ever came from the Skywalker family and it's finally one who did it. None of them did. Alright. I think we can spend another 25 minutes talking about the last Jedi, so I think let's go on to solo here. Because obviously I think this is the I forgot about this one. <laughs> yeah. The least successful movie in Star Wars history in terms of box office. The big flop when it comes out in 2018. I think at that point we're experiencing saturation, oversaturation of Star Wars movies in the theaters. I think Nick, I believe it only made like $350 million at the box office. Uh, I believe it. Yeah, I think it was only, I on, it. on like a $200 million budget. So this loss basically lost money in terms of this. There's a lot of trouble with reshoots on this one. Ron Howard comes at the end to redo the ending here. So I think we could start on this one. I think, Pete, what went wrong with Solo for you? I think what went wrong is that, not to say I didn't care, but yeah, I'll be blunt. I didn't care where Han Solo came from in his backstory. I, I think the whole point of Han Solo's character was the mystery, quote unquote. Um, I mean, sure, it's cool to see the Millennium Falcon um, complete the Kessel Run, right? They always kept talking about that. But I just, to me, it, it was almost like, who who cares? We like Han Solo. We love Han Solo's character for what he is. He's a smuggler. Like, 
I don't need to know his backstory. I, I think that's why it was so unsuccessful for me. Was it the most horribly shot movie or the horribly? I, no, I mean, there, there was good elements to the movie, but I think it just is it, the reason why it didn't work out is because it wasn't about, especially in the box office, wasn't about Darth Vader. It wasn't about, it, there was no cool aspects to it in that sense, right? Where kids want to go see the bad guy, you know, it was very, I don't know. To me, it didn't feel like Star Wars. It just felt like a, a random movie about Han, Han Solo. Yeah, I think the thing is, I think sort of like how uh, Boba Fett had that cool factor of like we didn't know what his deal was. I think Han had that. I think this movie, the problem was like he had such a big like shadow to fill and I don't think they filled it correctly. I think they sort of like went a lot of the route of, okay, we want to like do some fan service. Like here's where his last name came from. Here's where the dice on the ship came from. Here's where Han won the thing from Lando in a, in a in a game of Sabacc. Like that didn't work for me. I feel like there was way too much like oh Easter egg or cool nugget that you heard out in a book and now it's here. I think there was a lot of that as opposed to like telling a very fun story. Of this character. I mean, it's just it's I feel like it's a very poorly designed heist movie in my opinion. If if I might add, I think what also turned me off to the movie is that I knew the actor didn't even want to play the character anymore at that point and it just kind of made me feel like well if the if the actor doesn't even care about the character why should I like I don't know it just seems like it turned that that's that was another thing that kind of was like okay whatever for me uh Nick what about solo like what did not stick the landing for you I think what what you and Pete kind of said combined it's a it's it's a movie that no one asked for. And I think that it that and that's what didn't land for me. And it's yeah, it, exactly what I said. It, it it no one asked for it. I went to the theater opening night for that movie, and it was empty. It was empty. It was maybe half full, maybe. When I went to the movie for The Force Awakens, the line was literally out the door. When I went to the movie for The Last Jedi, the line was in the door, but still pretty long. When I went to the movies for this, there was no line at all. No, a Rogue One, same story, out the door. Yeah. No one was there. It was like, like when you go to the movies on December 15th, 2015, I think that's when Rogue One, or uh, Force Awakens came out. Obviously, you had to have your tickets already. You can't show up and buy them. But if you went to the ticket counter and said, two, please, they're not asking you what movie it's for. And when I saw Solo, it's like, for what movie? Yeah. You know, and also not to mention that Infinity War was in theaters when it came out. How dumb could you be? Yeah, and to be fair, I had a choice. I was going with a friend of mine. It was like we were going to the movies that week. He's like, should I go see Infinity War a second time or go see Solo? I picked Infinity War a second time. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I don't blame you. I, I love. I'll be honest with you. I really, really liked Solo. I did. I liked it a lot as a movie. All right, so go there. Tell us what you liked about it. I think. Um... Now, again, it's not a story we asked for, but I think it was a fun adventure. I think the characters were great, and I liked the story. Uh, the guy who played on uh, Alden, Alden, yeah, Alden Ehrenreich, uh, he did okay. I don't love him as Han. I don't hate him as Han. I buy it that it's Han. I don't really, uh, but but Donald Glover was he was a good Lando. It's just kind of weird when I know who Donald Glover is, and then he's Lando. It's kind of strange, but Amelia Clark's character was great. Paul Bettany was fantastic. 
The character Enthus Nest, I really want to see more of this character. I don't know where she went. I really want to see her again, and instead they throw her in... Uh, um. Oh, God. They threw her in um, Falcon and Winter Soldier. That's what it was. Yeah. I, I just want to see that character again, and, and we haven't seen it, but I think um, the main thing, though, that I love about this movie, and it's such a small thing, but we all know the answer. It's Maul. Yeah. And the reason I like it is when he shows up, the amount of texts I got and phone calls and questions is, I thought he died. And I'm like, no, he's alive in the cartoons. You need to go back and watch the animated series. People are like, wait, really? And then it sparks some interest. Same with Mandalorian, how season two, I kept saying that. Like people were like, oh, I gotta, I gotta go back and watch this now. So the movie had its issues with reshoots and it wasn't a movie we asked for. And it kind of little like, why are they showing us how he got the dies or the dice and how, and how he got this and that? I'm surprised they didn't show how he got a scar under his eye. Like, you know, they showed every little detail we didn't ask for, but the story of the movie was a lot of fun. And it was, it was like, a, it was a fun movie to go to. And I'm glad I, I'm glad I saw it. I had a good time. I agree with Nick in terms of the casting aside from Alden Ehrenreich, who was okay. I think like, Donald Glover as Lando is great, and that's why, I mean, they're going to make a show about Lando with him. I think that's a very important thing to take away from this movie. Plus, I mean, like, look at some of the names you get in here. Paul Bettany, Woody Harrelson's in this movie, uh, Tandaway Newton's in this movie. They have a lot of people who are just having a blast to be there, and the story is low stakes. Like, you have fun on the ride, but, like, I just feel like it's small potatoes compared to, like, what we were seeing in some of the other movies. Yeah. yeah, it is. It's, it's, it's a side story. Yeah. yeah, Pete, you want anything before we move on? No, no, I think you guys hit the nail on the head with everything. All right, so now the fun, Rise of Skywalker, which is going to be a doozy. And this is the first episode in the feed is me and John Stankel crushing this movie. So you can go back and listen to that if you want to check that out. But in terms of this movie, the history of the production of this, like obviously Ryan Johnson's movie does not go over well. Colin Trevorrow was the original director for this. He goes on to direct the Jurassic World movies. He, they, he and Lucasfilm have a disagreement about how the movie's going to go. He gets let go. They bring in J.J. Abrams last minute. ton of rewrites. A lot of stuff thrown in here at the last second here. And we bring in back Ian McDiarmid as Palpatine somehow. And not received very well. Very negative response from the audience. It has not been in the... Not, I mean, Star Wars itself has not been in theaters since then, so... I think we should challenge ourselves here and start with what we liked about the Rise of Skywalker here. So I see Nick uh, shaking his head. So I'll, I'll go you first on that. I'm no, I'm shaking my head because I I, I want to say something. All right, let me. I, I got it. I got it. Babu Frick was awesome. <laughs> Babu Frick was awesome. Um, even the things that I want to say are cool. I can't. So you have to come back to me on things that are are negative with the movie because there's so many. Things that I'm just like, oh, this was cool. Oh, wait, actually, if you think about it, it kind of sucks. So I'll say one more thing. Um, the scene when, which, and again, this ended up being something that sucked, but when Ray used the Force Lightning by accident, that was pretty cool. Yeah. I did like that scene. And I'll throw another positive out here. C3PO actually has a good character arc in this movie where he goes in, he has the information stored in his databanks, and he has this whole moment where he's like, conflicted about, you know, he realized I have to sacrifice my memory and forget everything I know to try and do the right thing. And I think it's a fun moment for 3PO who does not, was usually the butt of the jokes in the movies that to see him get some positive spotlight. I did like that. 
Pete, what do you want to add on the positive uh, scale? Nothing. So C three on Bob with Frick, what we have. Yeah, I mean it's it's uh yeah, we'll talk about the. I don't have a lot of negatives. I have an overarching negative that just explains everything, and then that'll be the end of it for me. All right, so why don't you take away the overarching negative then? The overarching negative is that it's just a disorganized mess. It's 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 shit. It, it really is. It's you you have multiple directors. One guy's leaving. One guy's coming in. Oh, we don't want to do this. J.J. Abrams, you did this one. Why don't you come back and hear this? And J.J. Abrams is like, oh, I regret not doing all three. It's like, well, yeah, jackass. You probably should have done all three, so there'd be some continuity. Uh, I mean, like there, it, it is a god awful mess that is now being tried to be saved you have two movies one that was decent that was good the next one gets overhauled by some director who wasn't even part of the first one and now jj abrams and george luke and lucas films like hey you gotta fix it we gotta we gotta fix all this and and it's just it's just they literally just threw stuff on the wall see what would stick nothing stuck and they said screw it send it out anyway uh yeah i it's just a bad movie i'll i'll I've heard a lot of people, my friends say, I don't even consider a canon. Like, fine. Like, I'll consider a canon. I'll take it for what it is. If I have to watch it, I'll watch it to complete the sequels. But a complete and utter miss by Star Wars or Disney Star Wars, I should say. I'll throw two things out here. Number one, and Nick, I want to get your take on this one here. I feel like the complete overreaction from Disney to the fan response to episode eight, I think clearly impacted the way this movie was made where there was a lot of like, oh, we need to make the fans happy. Let's do these fun things. Here's a bunch of fan service. Here's like Lando back. You know, he didn't really fit the storyline. Here's a, uh, oh no, we're not actually chill Chewie. We'll tell you two seconds later, he's fine. Like they were afraid to take any risks because of how negatively eight were to see. I think it really hurt nine. I'm with you. I just don't know what would have been different. if Even if Ryan Johnson directed this movie, what would have been different? They put themselves in a corner. What could have happened? You could have just had Kylo been the big bad and die at the end. He died anyway. I think the challenge here, I do think that's the point, uh, the second one thing I was going to bring up here. I think we were in an interesting place where Kylo Ren could have been the main bad guy, where we never really got the original trilogy where Vader turns on Palpatine to rule the Empire. We had that with Kylo killing Snoke to be the leader of the First Order in the last movie. We and did, and we, had, we did, and we had it at the first half of this movie too. No, he immediately first takes a back seat to Palpatine once he finds the. Uh, well, yeah, true, Lockdown. true, true. But he is like still not a good guy in the beginning. But I, I would have been interested to see what Kylo's vision is, and maybe another like attempt to try and recruit Ray to his side. I think that would have been a fun story angle to consider in terms of that. As but a like, I just feel like they're put themselves in such a corner. Like, what could his vision possibly have been? We, like, I don't I, see anything that would have made any sense. I think and, com- compared to what we got, we were resurrecting Palpatine, and the answer is somehow Palpatine well, returned. Whatever it is, it's better than that. I would have taken that chance. and given Yeah, it, I know, I'm with you on that. Because, I mean, Colin Trevor had a vision for this movie that apparently was pretty dark, and they cut it because they didn't want to deal with the backlash again. So that's I'm curious what the Colin Trevor version of this movie would have looked like, Pete. I think I think Star Wars got soft. I mean, let's 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 be completely honest. You, yes, the other Star Wars movies are not like insanely gory or whatever. But like, let, Episode Three, Anakin kills younglings, super dark. Disney takes over. All of a sudden, it's like ha- happiness and oh, and like it, it, no, 
we have to go back to dark star wars the whole point of star wars is that there is angst there's pain there's darkness and it's not just like oh it's the bad guy there's darkness like there's things that you don't want to see that's going to happen to 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 show this i mean it it, it i don't know I, I feel like they need they they got soft and that's why we got this kind of production perfect example andor it gives you the darkness in star wars and with a mix of oh, yeah. hope mixed in oh yeah doesn't it doesn't though it doesn't, it doesn't, right? Like, we, we see someone's getting tortured. Yeah, 100%. I got it. But, like, is it killing younglings dark? No. Like, that's dark. But that's also street level. I don't think you're killing younglings at street level Star Wars. Uh, sure. I, I To me, that point's neither here nor there, though. At the end of the day, you... There's there's nothing... Like, nothing happens in Star Wars anymore. And, and when they try to have something happen in Star Wars, they bring back an emperor that's been dead. That that's literally what they did. It was like, well, let's make a zombie. Like that's that that was their answer. And I think that's that just shows you how much they don't dig them. Like they don't dig themselves in enough deep of a hole to get back out for the end of the movie. They like do this like shallow thing. It's like, oh, we'll fill it back up in the next episode. Okay, we'll dig a little deeper. Oh, that's too deep. Let's fix it. Let's. I don't know. I just I think they need to go back to actually getting really really dark things in there. Again, don't have to go Game of Thrones level, but. Something that has some sort of ramification to the empire, to the to the republic, to the world. There's there's no ramifications. It's like, oh, you don't want to train with with Luke. That's okay. You're still a Jedi. Like, what are you talking about? She should have been done if she didn't know how to use her lightsaber. Now all of a sudden she just knows. It's it's a, it's a joke. I also say the last point on the negative side here, Nick. I'll point here is that I think of all the scripts of the uh, sequel movies, this is easily the worst because there are plot holes galore. Like, yeah, like the fact that Lando managed to fly across the galaxy, get an entire fleet in about like twenty minutes, and get them all to Exegol. No, I mean one hundred percent. There's there's things that I want to say are cool. Like Exegol seems like a pretty cool planet, but like it shouldn't have never existed. And then like a missed opportunity with Ray fighting Palpatine. You know, yeah. you could have had a really cool scene where you. Well, first of all, what they did was, oh, one lightsaber doesn't work, but two does. Like if, Palpa, <laughs> if Mace Windu just had another one, Saga's over. But he only he only had one, so that's not it. But like the missed opportunity of when Ray is set, like you know, hearing voices and all that. Like, why don't you just show the Force Ghost behind her, giving her power, like about all the old actors and stuff? And that was I know you're not a fan of the deep fake, but if they're ghosts, you can't really tell. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you can throw in a Mark Hamill back, you know, you had him anyway. But like, you know what I mean? Like, but like you can throw in all these. I mean, not not that you would need to deepfake any of these Jedi. They're all pretty. I think all of them are alive, unless you wanted to use Alec Guinness as Obi Wan. But you can have Obi Wan and Mace Windu and Qui Gon and Anakin all behind her, Ahsoka, even everyone. I don't know. Ahsoka might be alive at that point. We never know. But that, do that and it may, it, honestly I think it makes the, the movie a lot better just from seeing those characters again it kind of reminds me of the end game portal scene yeah. except they didn't which, see any which by the way this is the end game of Star Wars just put the two next to each other and remember that yeah and Pete one other thing I forgot from the negatives real quick here this Ray Kylo romance angle they forced on the movie like did not fit at all from what we would seen from those characters of the previous two Star Wars can't do love. We've talked about this time and time again, and they took two characters that are trying their best. I feel bad for the actor and actress. I really do, because they're trying their best to portray a role that they're given. It's like, 
here's an impossible script. Good luck. I mean, like it, Adam Driver, right? Is his yep. last name yep. for for Kyle Ren? He's a great actor. And, like he was I, to me got an impossible thing. It's like you need to be conflicted while loving someone, while also hating things, while also doing this. Oh, by the way, you're the new Darth Vader. Good luck. Like. I, I feel bad. Like, I really feel bad for the actors and actresses in these films because it was a shit show. It really was. And and we see it. They try to put love into it in not just episode nine, but also in episode eight. And it just fails miserably. They need to stop. They need to stop. I get why they had to do it in the prequels. You needed that to get Luke and Leia. I understand. You're done with it. You're done. We don't need it no more. Goodbye. See you later. No more love. In the interest of time, I'm going to cut off the negative section here. There's a whole podcast about that in back of the feed. I'll link to in the show notes. I think we think we did it without even trying to. Yeah. So I'll also mention here that a fun piece of that podcast that Pete actually was on that podcast doing a preview of this, and he did actually nail all the key elements of the movie. So I'm going to play that for the audience here. This is from that episode way back in 2019. Something must be going on the back. Like, I feel like Nine's going to be like, by the way, this while you guys have been doing this, I've made a Sith army bigger than you can think of, and it's yeah. going to be like endgame proportions. Yeah. Like, I don't, like, I feel like there's something going on in the background that we don't know yet. That directly involves Palpatine. That directly <laughs> involves him. Yeah. Good job, Pete. I, I mean, I. <laughs> like Nick was saying, I mean, you could, just from seeing it, it's like, what else could they do? Uh, and, you know, we also, I think in the trailer, you heard Palpatine's laugh. So they already, like, had alluded oh, yeah. to, the, to at that point that he was going to be in it in some sort of capacity. So I was just like, screw it. They're probably copying Marvel anyway. So might as well give that a shot as a hot take. And it hit. I should have put money on it, yeah. honestly. All right. So we have a dissected these five movies here. So what's our big takeaway? What should Disney learn before they start these new movies, Nick? They should. I don't know. I guess. I really don't. I want to say make a better story, but that's like kind of easy to say, right? Like, I don't have like a, a good answer for you. I have a couple ideas. Pete, if you have anything you want to go first, I'll let you go first. I mean, to me, it's very simple. Stop making Disney movies and make Star Wars movies. I think it's very simple. I think Disney has been trying to make Disney movies with Star Wars characters, and it's failing miserably. That's my idea. My idea is just twofold. Is number one, we need somebody to be the Kevin Feige of Star Wars and be the story creative. I feel like Kathleen Kennedy is the business creative in terms of like, oh, I want to do the business. We're going to do the parks. We're going to do these shows, do these movies. But you need a creative person in this role who is passionate about the product, like, Succeed George Lucas in that role. I think this should be Dave Filoni, in my opinion. I think we'll get a shot of him in this movie here. Have somebody be a creative director and say, okay, like, this works for these characters here. I want you to get to these story points in the movie that you're going to direct. But, like, you can get there how you want, but you have to end up here as opposed to this disjointed mess. And I think just give us characters we care about and don't make them twist into pretzels that fit, like, narratives. I feel like, like, give us characters that we care about. Let them, like... You know, have fun in the movie and, like, grow as characters without doing, like, things that are completely, like, undone in future movies. That's my general advice. I'm completely with you. I think there's one man better than Dave Filoni for this job. John Favreau? But I don't think this man has any interest in this job. Yeah. George Lucas. <laughs> you know, I mean, he's... You guys read? A little George too late, Lucas? huh? 
Yeah. Did you guys but, read what George Lucas's sequel trilogy was going to be? Yes. It was. I, I, if they just listened to him, if they just said, "Hey, George, what should we do for seven, eight, and nine? We wouldn't be having this discussion. Yeah. We'd be like, "Those are three great movies." Just say, George, give us the story, and we'll we'll fill right. in the blanks. We'll name the characters. We'll 100%. do the casting. We'll do the yeah. directing. Yeah, I feel like the issue with George is more of the writing or anything. Like, say, yeah. like, here's the outline. Like, we have to have a talented young writer. They'll write the story for us, and here we go. Because I don't think people had a problem with the way these movies were directed, the way they, the way they were shot, shot, the acting. People had a problem with the way the story, what the story told us. If the story told us something great, people would love the movies. They were filmed fantastically. The acting was fantastic. The casting was fantastic. The problem. Was the story didn't make any damn sense. <laughs> All right, so I think that's a good place to leave it here. So we'll be back next week on the podcast, guys. We're going to finally complete Video Game Month with our Jedi Survivor coverage. We're going to be joined once again by uh, Nick D'Alessio from the Recovery Room. We're going to go through the full plot of the game here. So, Oh, boy. A lot I don't of... know if I'll be done. I do not know if I'll be done by then. Yeah, well, that's going to be next week in the feed. So we got some time here to discuss the storyline of the game. And I think, obviously, Nick, we've been playing it. A lot of fun playing this game. It's fantastic. I just, I've said it before, I'll say it again. As soon as The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom came out, I have not even considered opening that game. All right, well, that's where we're at here. I want to thank you guys for coming on here, as always. Pete, if you want to find on social media, how can I do that? At PJConstadori29 on Twitter. Uh, Nick, one more time, can people follow us on social media? Uh, at Sky Guys Podcast. That's both on Instagram, and it's also on Twitter. You can also follow me on Twitter, mphilips331. That's M-P-H-I-L-I-P-S-331. That's it for us this week. We'll be back next week to cover Jedi Fallen Order, Jedi Survivor, excuse me, to complete video game month. Until then, may the Force be with you. Hey!